All right, one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and four to go. Woo! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode six of the Wolves Den podcast. This is a bit of a night delight, I like to call. I usually record in the afternoon, but this week we're going to switch things up a little bit. We got a lot of stuff to get into, and we are riding off the heels of a wonderful Father's Day. And just so you know, I just want to give a quick anecdote about my father of how all American dads should be. Yesterday in Fairlawn, New Jersey, where I live, bit of a weird rainstorm. It was sunny, but it started to rain. And my mom was terrified to go inside the house. My dad, being the good gentleman that he is, handed him her an umbrella, not him, her, an umbrella. And she walked inside while everyone else ran inside and got soaked. So happy wife, happy life, fantastic father. But anyway, more pressing matters is I am not alone in the den this week. That's right, it's pretty crowded. And I got a couple of guests here, both attended Fairlawn High School. One goes to Newcastle University, the other one go, goes to Burton Community College, and you used to go to Kane. And both of them are, are my chill bros. Please welcome Matt Travia and AKA Bobby Black, Gavin Rempel to the show. Welcome, guys. Uh, I have a quick question. <laughs> Why did your dad give your mom an umbrella just to be inside and everyone else got wet? Um, because, you know, like I said, happy wife, happy life. As long as the men, if the men have to sacrifice for the women, that's pretty much how it works in a marriage. So, Wait, so did he give her the umbrella in between walking from outside to inside? Uh, I believe- yeah, like did he... So, okay. So, or did oh, he just throw an umbrella at her while she was inside already? <laughs> no, no, no. He, he like, Go up to inside to open the door for Jared and I coming home from a Father's Day event. Then he went back outside, handed my mom an umbrella. My mom walked up the steps into the door, and that's how it was done. Oh, so you were went, coming he back went inside yes, to go back, back outside to get oh, your mom who could okay. have went inside the whole time? Yes, great explanation there, yeah. That's <laughs> yes. Okay. But, All right, okay. I'm, I'm done. So we cleared everything up with that. And like I said before, guys, <laughs> welcome to the show. Um, Matt, I, I, first off for you, um, you're pretty popular this week as you appeared on Mr. Game Boy, and now you appeared here. You ready to enter the den? Hey, I didn't go yeah, on Mr. Game Yeah, of course. Game Boy I've been week. waiting to enter the den. Awesome. Wait, awesome. Gavin, I'm sorry. I didn't go on Mr. Game Boy this Game week. Boy what the heck? It was a last minute, uh, it was a last minute thing. Man. Oh, well. Oh, okay. Well. Anyway, Gavin, are you ready to enter the den? I know you've been doing a lot of stuff at home. Dude, at I've been in the den. Sounds good. I'm in the monkey's den. Jesus, man. All right. Okay. Anyway, our first topic that we are going to talk about today is the revolving door that I like to call the MLB and MLBPA negotiations. I'm going to take you to the most turbulent week and timeline you will ever hear. So, buckle your seatbelts. Here we go. Beginning of the week. Commissioner Rob Manfred tells ESPN's Mike Greenberg that he's now not 100% sure there will be a season 2020 after he said that he was 100% sure there will be a season 2020. So pretty inverse. Then Andy Martino of SNY reported six to eight owners request the season not be played. Then MLB Network's John Heyman reported on Wednesday that the Players Union Executive Director Tony Clark and Manfred had a productive face-to-face meeting. Then... Just a little bit moments later, Jeff Passan, Buster Only, Ken Rosenthal, John Heyman, all reported on MLB's latest proposal, which was 60 games. The season would start around July 19th or 20th. It would be full prorated salaries for the players, expanded playoffs 2020 and 2021. Season ends September 27th, waiving of any grievance. The MLB and MLBPA continue to inch closer to an agreement. The union reported 
reportedly wanted to counter with 65 games prorated salaries that gets them 40 percent of 2020 earnings the mlbpa sends a new count then sent a new counter to proposals to the mlb a 70 game season starting july 19th ending september 27th it was 50 million dollars in playoff bonuses 50 50 split of postseason revenues in 2021 forgiveness of salary advance for tier one to three players we don't really care what that means universal dh mutual waiver of a grievance no so we thought that things looked more substantial, but the MLB thought the agreement was in place. So once again, there was a disconnect. Then they, the MLB was supposed to vote, or the MLBPA was supposed to vote on Sunday regarding if they want to accept the MLB's latest proposal, but they delayed it due to the circumstances in Florida surrounding COVID-19. Then Rob Manfred sent a letter to Tony Clark saying he will cancel the universal DH and expanded playoffs for the 2021 season if 2020 season isn't fully played. Then Jim Bowden, who was a former GM, reported that the MLBPA is, would vote on Monday at 5 p.m. for the following 60-game full parade salaries, no salary guarantee in event games not played, $25 million minimum for playoff pool money. If 50 games were pl- fewer than 50 games, excuse me, were played, expanded playoffs and DH for 2021 removed, there was no additional salary advance relief, no modifications. Uh, qualifying offer and what happened we got the results the players voted against the latest proposal it was an astounding landslide of a 33 to 5 so then now just a few moments ago the MLB owners voted to proceed the season under the terms of March 26th agreement which I believe would be a 48 game season no expanded playoffs and I don't know how the salaries would work but guys my question to you after telling you that whole mouthful of a timeline is do you expect what do you expect from here and it's just, what do you have to say about this whole thing that's gone down with the MLB and MLBPA? That was a, a roller coaster. That was quite a ride. Yes. Yes, it was. Uh, this, the really, so that, that was all within a week, right? That was all within a week. All of that. Yeah. So it's been uh, pretty crazy. And uh, they've been toying with our emotions and, and feelings and thoughts and stuff. So it's, it's pretty wild. Um. I don't know how you usually do things here. I don't know if you go like one topic at a time, discuss or just opinions. Uh, but, um, okay. We usually do like one topic and then like I ask you about it and then we kind of like move on from there. But yeah, we'll okay. try about cool. fire. Sure. Uh, I mean, in terms of having an MLB season, um, well, the most recent thing was that the MLB wants the players to show up July 1st. So I guess, but that wasn't agreed on though, right? I think it was because under the March 26th agreement, both sides said they would do this. So, okay. Yeah. So if that's true, I don't know the March 26th agreement, but if that's true to where if they have to show up, then I don't really know how that's going to work out. Uh, I mean, you're going to have players who won't show up, but you're going to have majority probably show up. Mm -hmm. Um, I still believe or hope, that there's still going to be a season. Um, the whole like universal DH thing and the extended playoffs for 2021 is kind of dumb. I don't know what the, like why they said if there wasn't a, a full season that they would just can't like delay that. I don't really know the reasoning for that. Well, posturing. That's pretty much what it comes down to. But uh, it's, it's pretty wild. I think we'll, we'll see some baseball this year. Even if it's one game and they cancel it or something stupid, I think we're going to see one game at least. Mm, okay. Matt, 
How do you feel, man? I, I took you on a pretty big roller coaster, and the word that I'm going to use to describe what I just told you guys is turbulent. So, yeah. Um, basically, what was going through my mind when I heard that the MLBPA uh, rejected the the latest uh, contract, whatever, was all not all of them. A lot of MLB players were like, were tweeting out when and where I'll be there, something like that. And just for a majority vote to vote against it, I'm just – it's just like you said when and where, but you just – you also just said no. And I just don't know. I don't have confidence in the MLB. It's just – I don't know. I really – at this point, it's, it's too easy. It's the easiest sport to come back, and they're making it so complicated. And it's just frustrating for us fans because obviously – the one sport, like this is baseball's time right now. Or, or what, obviously without the pandemic, this is baseball's time and they're just, they're just making it complicated when it really doesn't have to be. I thought yeah. that Manfred was the one who said when and where. No. Was that, that the players? Was, that, was, that was a rallying I, the, by the players on Twitter with Mike Trout yeah. and Chris Harper. They just said when and where, when and where, when and where. It's like Okay, I misread that. You're good. Don't worry. I, it makes more sense that they said it though. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, Matt, but they still want all their money, though. That's the big thing. It's all about money. It, it, a lot of it is. And, and, Matt, that was well said about the players. Even though I'm personally on the player side, and I believe Man Rob Manfred screwed the pooch so much on this with how much – he again, like I, I'm going to refer to the Healthy Scratches podcast I listened to yesterday. They said that Manfred didn't even let the owners see, like, the players' proposals. He would just reject them right off the bat. So the fact that he's not even giving that a chance, I mean, did he really expect – the players to actually commit to him when he wasn't even as committed to them. But you're right in the sense of if the players are going to say something like that on Twitter, they should keep more of a follow through to it. But with this just coming out a moment ago with the owners voting to proceed the season, it's really disappointing. That's not what fans want to see. Although it's going to be baseball probably back on the screen, like Gavin said, we don't know how this is going to work because we don't know how, what testing is going to be like in Florida right now. Uh, coronavirus management has been so piss poor and inconsistent. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later, but yeah, as, as you guys said, um, it's it just really disappointing. And the MLB has made the NHL and the NFL and the NBA look so amazing, especially during a time where they could have really taken advantage because they're the only sport playing during these months. So I totally agree with what you guys said. And if you, if, do you have anything else to add or what, what do you got? Listen, it's all about the money. Nobody, nobody really, I mean, obviously people care about player safety and, and that's like obviously super important, but the main thing, the fans want to see games. They don't give a crap about safety. I see it in person. Um, the players want their money. Uh, the players want to be safe. The owners want their money. They're the ones who don't want the season because they're losing out on whatever revenue uh, from attendance, ads, whatever you could think of. The owners don't care about baseball. They just care about the money. So it's, it's just a huge battle between what everyone wants. Um, yeah, I think we'll see a season. Well, whether, like I said, whether it's one game, or, or 60 games, whatever they're talking about. I think we'll see something. 
even if it's like a, a spring training almost, I think we'll see something. Um, but the only way to find out is for there to even be a start. You know, players have to show up to practice first. That's step one. And with the whole Florida taking, you know, they're not doing too well. So that's not really a good situation if you want to have teams practice or play there. Um, so, I mean, this, this the most important thing is that the states have to be declining in cases, and that's not happening. Um, and I don't know if they wanted to do something like the NHL with, like, the hub cities. But even if they did, then, I mean, most of the states are still not looking good anyway. So, I don't know. It's really tough. Yeah, no, um, what, what you said is right. And from what I'm seeing, I believe that they mandated this, that there is going to be a season. But the thing is, is that how is it going to be, right? Because what's going to happen, we're going to see, like, some players opt out. And we're, and we, like, we don't know what's going on. Like, like we might see some players opt out. We might see some players opt in. It's a whole mess with the MLB and what, and what you said about the owners losing revenue. You pretty much encapsulated what this whole situation has been about. Both these sides have been so greedy and wanting to do things on their terms that this situation that we're now facing that was just reported a few moments ago seems really inevitable. So Matt, do you have anything else you'd like to add? Um, kind of, we are some. I just got kicked out, so I'm on my phone now. Um, oh, okay. And we're talking about the MLB. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I don't know how that happened. I'm not very confident that there will be a season unless something drastic happens because I feel like those, the bickering back and forth will continue happening. But that's where I stand, at least on the MLB. Okay. All right. I, I think we all pretty much summed that up. If, if no one else has anything they want to say, we will move on from the revolving door that is known as the MLB and – we will now move into something that we all did and something I don't, again, usually talk about on this podcast, and that is street hockey. As all three of us participated in something that our town did as a recreational sport known as street hockey. And no, it's not us skating around on rollerblades. It's straight up running with helmets, sticks, shin guards, cages, and just a lot of fun. And First, before I go, I want to defer to you guys and first just talk about what really inspired you to get into it and play. So whoever wants to go first. Um, well, I started playing street hockey in first grade. Um, I mean, at that age, in that first grade, like six, seven-year-olds era, uh, my parents kind of just wanted me to get a feel for most of the sports. So, I mean, first grade, I was playing baseball. I was playing street hockey. I played football. I played soccer. Um, I That's all I can think of right now if, if I'm missing anything else. Uh, I did not like soccer. Um, I was done with that. Um, did that for just a year. I hated fo I hated playing football. I love the sport now, and I, I appreciate it and stuff, but I hated playing it. Uh, I didn't even want to go to the team picture. Um, I was forced to go there. Um yeah. But I liked baseball because I did well, and I liked street hockey because it was very back and forth and intense, and um, I didn't suck at it, so that probably helps in that first grade mindset. Um, and I stuck with it, and uh, I, I used the same shin pads. Uh, I never got a new pair of shin pads from first grade to, to senior year. Um, so wow. that's, that's – 
uh, funny, I guess. I don't, they fit the whole time, so I don't know. Wow. I, that is quite <laughs> a revelation right there, Gavin. I, can't yeah, I always bring that up. And nobody believes me, but I never bought a second pair of shin pads. I think they were a bit big on me then, but I kind of grew into them. Um, and I even got like extended straps because they still fit me. Uh, there's just the straps were a bit short, but um, street hockey is, is, it was so fun. I wish I could go back and play more again. Absolutely. Matt, you can go next. Um, I'm kind of the same boat as Gavin. I was a seasonal sport player my whole life. I did soccer in the fall I actually started off with ice hockey in the winter, but ice hockey is a huge commitment on and off the ice. Like you have, it's you. Have, that's a sport you have to do all year round just to stay in shape, keep the legs on the ice, and all that stuff. But so, and I did baseball in the spring, but I realized I realized I wasn't I wasn't really committed to ice hockey. I love the sport. I've always loved the sport. I still do, and continue. I will always love hockey. And I went to the middle school where we play at the courts. So I, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, maybe there's like a league or something. And in middle school, they gave you the flyers of like, oh, yeah, the flyers. Rec- yeah. Hey, you guys so are rec- team. That's right. For uh, people who are eventually listening to this, both of them. So there are two, you know, there are three um, sets of within the league, right? There's the youngest for the youngest people, like who are the in the Yeah, the peewees, like second to fifth grade. Then you have the juniors or whatever it was called with his so it was it was the the peewee league was uh first grade uh until fourth grade and then the junior league was fifth grade uh up to eighth grade and then uh senior league was high school so ninth through twelfth grade Mm -hmm. and uh the way that it worked was that um in elementary school and middle school they would pass around flyers for anything you could think of whether it was random clubs, uh, summer sports, uh, any yeah. recreational sports. So they did a pretty good job advertising it then um, because street hockey was kind of like, it's kind of a thing where you don't really know the details and what really goes, because people still don't really know like, oh, do you use rollerblades? What kind of equipment and stuff? And the problem in high school is that they stopped giving out those papers and I, my mom would always tell me that she would talk to all these parents and all that stuff and their son would be a senior and it would be their first year because they never even knew about the league or they didn't know anything about it. So uh, that was like a, a thing, I guess. Um, mm. But yes, Wee Junior and Senior League. I don't know what else you had to say after that. Got it. No, no, that's good because I want to give people as much context as they can so they can understand because not all towns have this. Our town was fortunate enough to be able to have the budget and the money to provide this for a lot of kids who had a lot of fun. I am one of those kids, but I'm a late bloomer because I live across the street from a family that is knees deep into hockey, known as the Child's Family. And their dad coached the Ducks. They created this whole thing called the Documentary, Birds of a Feather, whatever. They had <laughs> one son who goes to Ohio State, another son who's going to go to Ohio State, one son who was on the Ducks as a goalie, another son who I believe played this year for the Devils. So, they were really into it. They came down the street. They said, Jordan, you should join. I said, no, I can't really skate. I'd fall flat on my face. They said, it doesn't have to do with skating. I said, okay, let me give it a try. So then in seventh grade, 
I went to the tryouts, and, and for those of you, tryouts, usually sometimes you get cut. These tryouts, you know, you're just, just trying to see how you play and whatever team drafts you, drafts you. So I got picked to a team that before I joined was a dynasty. They won, I believe, <laughs> two or three championships known as the Blues with the Mirholtz brothers. And then, of course, my life, I joined after the Mirholtzes leave. And I, that's when I joined the team, and we didn't win a single game. Jordan. <laughs> team sucks. Jordan, they're cousins. Wait, did you join in sixth grade or, or seventh oh, wait, grade? Because me, we're the, cousins. I joined in seventh grade. Because that um, the, the junior started in fifth grade, but I don't remember. I joined. Yeah, I, dude, that was, uh, that was a time. Dude, yeah, that team was so good for the couple of years that I would like before you played. They were so good. Um. But yeah, once you joined, like I kind of felt bad they sucked. But uh, yeah, I mean, it well, is what it is. As long as you had a good time. I can't control our coaching wasn't fantastic at all, to say the yeah. least. Sorry, our team morale wasn't really there. We just all went out there, had some fun, and oh boy, did we did we suck! And the other teams we <laughs> so badly. But that I, we also crazy. sucked too for a while. We were only good for a couple of years. But when I started playing, like in that division league, whatever you want to call it, like we were really bad, mm-hmm. and. uh but we kind of picked it up, I guess. But it was still I, really fun. I joined – I actually didn't go to the tryouts. I was at a soccer practice. No, not sorry. I was at a soccer game, so I missed the tryout. And my dad got the call. He's like, you're on the Flyers. And obviously, like, oh, by the way, like, they're all named – all the teams are after NHL teams. Just so. But they're all different colors, so it's stupid. Yeah, the, the... yeah like, the Flyers were green. <laughs> green. It was so – Um, the Blues uh, were the, the only blues blue were team. actually blue, yeah. The Sabres were white. The Islanders yep. were black. Um, the There was an avalanche, but that was before our time. Like, they disbanded that team because there weren't enough people in it. Yeah, the Ducks were uh, yellow because we think that was – That was the senior league, though. Okay, fine. But yeah, right. but yeah, still, fair enough, though. And there was the Blackhawks. I don't remember what color they were, though. I think they were red. I think they were yellow. I think the Blackhawks were yellow in the junior division and the Ducks were yellow in the senior division. Right. No, you're definitely right. But, yeah, basically – I don't know. They must have ran out of colors or something. And right. there was another team, like a maroon – I don't remember. Was it the Stars? No, I don't remember. Oh, the Capitals. Oh, the Capitals. Yeah, yeah they were like a maroon. So they I guess were actually sure. red. So – Yeah, that's – they were close on that one. They were – but basically what we're saying is our league, whoever was in charge, clearly did not watch the NHL because they their color management was – piss poor but yeah (laughs) i still like the green though Uh, they got um a different green like in the last years it was like a darker green it was nice i liked it sure sure Um, Uh, i'm I'm glad because like i said before the the team the person who was in charge of our league clearly does not watch any hockey but essentially we just explained to you why we all played we love it it was so much fun it was something good to get into shape for other sports as for me I played baseball in the spring, but that's a whole different topic for a whole different day. But now we will move into the senior league before moving into the other two things. And for the senior league, I played for the Flames, and our color was actually orange. So thank you. And Gavin played for the Oilers, who were red for some reason. Yeah, red. We were like a like a brightish red almost. Right. And oh, Matt man. played for the Devils, who were yeah black. hometown team. They were they were black. <laughs> so once again, the, co- the, the colors were a, bit, were a bit off. But for you guys, um, I guess for you, Gavin, you talk about you know your championship experiences because winning a title in any league, no matter if it's recreational or professional, is fun and exciting. No matter what Listen, league you're in, I don't care 
where you're from or what you're doing, but if you're and what league you're doing, but if you're playing in some kind of organized sport and you win the championship, it is so fun. It feels so good. And uh, we uh, <laughs> we won, uh, I don't think, I think it, it was two years in a row. Um, oh, yeah, so our sophomore year, that's the year that we lost, but we should have won. But my junior year and senior year, that's when we won two years in a row. So we had the trophy for a while. I have a bunch of pictures and stuff. Awesome. Uh, dude, we were such a good team. And I think we had one loss each year, and it was like an overtime loss or something. I don't know. But, dude. yeah, it was so fun. And our rivalry, too. I don't know if you want to go into that. No, we might we might not go that deep, but yeah, I don't know how I don't know. We could I could talk for hours, man. It's, this yeah, is it's, all it's, you. No, no, I'm I'm gonna let you guys go until and it's it's kind of a chain effect type of thing. I'm the host, you guys are the guests, so you'll get majority of the talking time, and I'll chip in there when I feel like it's necessary. It's 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 kind of like that, but we'll we'll, we'll again we'll play it by ear, Matt. Um, for you, like the Devils, unfortunately, um, they were really close, but couldn't get there, and we're gonna talk about what happened this year in just a second, but. With your experience, because now we're talking about our senior year, our senior league experiences, excuse me, what is something that stood out to you about playing on the Devils? Um, the first two years was kind of like – it was kind of slow considering I had a buttload of upperclassmen that were all very talented but all very selfish, so that's why we didn't go far. Uh, the next two years, they were kind of – they were kind of butt. But when we went to the playoffs, we played – I played Gavin's team to go to the championship two years in a row. Both we lose had by some one really goal. good games. Oh, man. Like, I don't hate losing. Well, no, that's a lie. Everyone hates losing. Yes. I hate losing by a blowout. And the fact that they were closed games makes me feel like, like we were – we did something. Like, we, we took the number one team in the league to, like, a closed game, and it came down to a stupid play on my team. I'm not going to get into it because that gets me heated, but... <laughs> I don't even remember what it was. You're the one who brings it up. No, I know. Well, yeah, because, like, it gets me heated, but... Well, at the time. But, um, yeah, it's just... Uh, I just like playing with, like, our friends from home because, obviously, it's a, it's a community league, local, so we're all friends with everybody. At the end of the day, we're all friends, and we show good sportsmanship, but uh, we put it all our effort part. on the court. Yeah, yeah, really can. So for the most part, what you said, Matt, yeah. absolutely true. And I'll talk about for me for the Flames. We we did win a title, and if you think that's because of me, you are lying. I was <laughs> a bench player, and basically what my coach did is he kind of pulled a bit of a loophole because the Ducks, who were a team, our freshman year in the senior league, they got disbanded because of how many seniors they had. They had nine seniors. They had about their whole team was basically seniors, and the league is like, you know what? We we can't even just fund this anymore. We're just gonna let them go have one last ride together. So they disbanded. We, by via by draft again, Coach Stern, my coach, got Dylan Abernathy – oh, my God, Dylan Ronaldo, excuse me, and Lucky Abernathy, two really talented players. Say what you want about their personalities, maybe not the best, but talented players. And because of them and other players that we had, we won the title. Was our team loathed? Absolutely. Was that, Did I do anything substantial to help them win that title besides be – a minute five-minute bench player to get in there and try his best, that is exactly what I was. But I did not help in that regard. No, I'm willing to admit that. So that is some of our moments about the Senior League. And now, before we talk about what happened this year, we're going to talk about some of our favorite moments in the league. So we will go one by one. Matt, I'm coming to you first. What is something in the league or a moment that really stood out to you? 
Um, probably. I have two moments in my head. Okay. Probably the one the our junior year when Gavin won his first championship. The the game I played him in. Uh, even though we lost, I thought that was probably one of my best games ever. Considering it was my first year, like I'm not gonna say as a leader, but like I was one of the old. I was probably the oldest one on the team. So just to like, I, don't know, I just thought I put it out, put my put all my effort out there, and I know um the Oilers' best player, uh, Nick. Like we're good friends, so I played soccer with him and. He's a phenomenal player. I think anything he does, he's just amazing at. And I know I gained his respect that game along with, like, others because, I don't know, I just thought I'd put all the effort out there to at least lose by a goal at least and not by, like, five. Oh, very touching, man. Very touching. Gavin, I'm going to you, man. That was, that was really um, – was very sentimental. Before we continue, um, I have – some statistics for you. Okay. Um, okay. In our senior year of street hockey, uh, Matt had three goals and two assists for five oh, points. God, I can't. Jordan had a goal and assist for two points. Oh, yep, everybody. There um, you go. I had three goals, six assists for nine points, and Matt played forty-five minutes as a goalie. Oh yeah, that's right. I did. That's <laughs> you right. Gave I up did. Seven goals for a seven point <laughs> uh, average. So. Yeah. Oh, that was against your team too. <laughs> so guys, last um, week we saw Gavin dove into the archives, and as what you don't know is that his dad was a hockey coach and pretty much holds all the keys to the castle. And what I mean by that is we can pretty much ask him to open anything near those courts, and we can use those nets anytime we want. But Continue um, about your favorite moment. Yeah, so so uh, my team, when I was a freshman, there was like uh, – so it was a team of five and a goalie or whatever. Um, we had injuries and people who didn't show up, so we basically played as like a team of six the whole year. Um, we had an extra player like once or twice, so we would be on the court most of the time that year. Um and we actually didn't do too bad for what it was. Um, sophomore year is when we gained a bunch of people. Uh, it was so much better having at least one player on the bench. Um, so that was better. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. But um, our coach, uh, he, was, he, he was coaching our team, the Oilers, before we uh, came on the team for a long time. And I think he had a kid. Um, so, you know, kind of life thing and other life things going on. So he couldn't coach us anymore. Uh, so my dad took over and Colin's dad took over. Um, so that was pretty cool. But yeah, my dad has the keys to the hockey court still. Um, he has the keys to the bit to like all the baseball fields, I think. Um, and probably some other places I don't remember because nobody ever asked for them back. So he never gave them back. Um, and same <laughs> with, um, the goalie equipment, nobody ever said anything. I, I think he gave it back, or he gave it to someone. I don't remember who. Um, but nobody ever asked him for the goalie equipment back. And same with, like, catcher, shin pads and stuff for baseball. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. Um, so, 
Oh yeah, I was going to get to that. So I pulled up these stats because my dad would get emails from the league commissioner, whatever you want to call it, from Rob. Oh. Um, he would send out statistics every week, and I would get these Excel sheets every week. Um, so I just searched up hockey in my Gmail, and I found this. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, so I have, like, all the stat sheets and stuff if you ever wanted me to send them to you. But anyway, uh, yeah, it was super fun, and pretty much most people in the league were – nice and the people who were not it was funny watching them uh especially uh cory in rage mode oh um, boy the that best. was something else uh yeah when people raged in that league it was pretty hard um not just cory obviously other people no, cool. uh, but you know we were, we were all like very passionate and it was still very fun and at the end of the day like it was fine and we were all we're all friends like matt said and stuff absolutely and, and first off before i talk about my favorite moments cory um, even though you got angry during some hockey games, I love you, man. And it was just your birthday. So if you do listen to this, happy birthday once again, man. And, uh, hope you're doing well. Um, and hope you're really taking advantage of your privileges. But as for my moments, um, my first one goes to a playoff game I had against Gavin's team where, and I was someone who went out there and at least tried. Was I that good by the stats? You could see no, but when it counted during a year, during the Oilers, um, there was a, it was a scrum in front of the net. Justin Moore was the goalie. I dug the ball out of the pile, put it into the net, and the surprise, surprise, it went in, and the crowd at the place went crazy. I actually got, like, adrenaline and goosebumps from that. It was awesome to see how many people reacted and gravitated towards me for, for doing that. Like, my teammates, coaches, fans, it was so cool to see that and and be a part of that so that's my first favorite moment my second one a bit more lighthearted. It, it's about between me and Matt's team because we have them on the show and I want to talk about moments between me and them if you think there's hockey fighting in the NHL oh, there was fighting oh in the Fairlawn Flames and the Fairlawn Flames oh, and, God. And not even during the game it was after the game. I'm going to let Matt explain this because I don't know. It remember. was during the handshake. Yep. So, oh, my God. So, one of Jordan's teammates said something to my teammate. So, I, so there's three sets of cousins. The Mirholzes, there are cousins, and then there's another cousin. I should probably should have said that last name. I don't know how private we are going to be They're with this. Gonna, they don't even know who I am. It's okay. <laughs> So there's a third, there's another cousin that's on my team. So one person said something about one of the cousins. Moms or something. Sibling, right? sibling. sibling. Oh yeah, sibling. And then he's like, oh, like shut up or something. And then my, and then Jordan's coach said something. Yeah. And then, my, and then my teammate said, shut up to him. And then Jordan's coach was like, hey, like, like respect something stupid. And then everyone exploded. And then, um, yeah, everyone just exploded. And then the two two people on Jordan's team were just like, at that point, they were just ready to just fight for no reason. Well, no, yeah, actually, they were ready to fight for no reason. Because then they were like, hey, I'm trying to fight or something. I don't know. I, I literally walked away. <laughs> I literally, I, I was hearing the screaming. I walked away. I was like. I'm not part of this. 
Yeah. Everyone tried to fight in that league. It was ridiculous. I don't know why. It was so stupid. Not... It's because, like, all these guys had their freaking girlfriends on the stands, and they probably tried yeah. to impress them or something. I don't know. Right. And we're not, we're not, the, we're not the Fairlawn WWE here. We, we're a street hockey league, and I was on the bench. <laughs> my stuff away. On the top of the cage. I, no, I was on the bench. <laughs> I was looking up, and I just see everyone drawing each other. I see dads from both teams drawing each other. I'm like, what is this? And then – the line of the night is from ref, ref Nick, who is such a cool guy and really into refing the league. We had other referees who were old and grumpy, but he was the cool one. And he was like, yeah. he was like, just go home. And I'm like, you're right. If the game's over, just just go home. <laughs> yeah, they always said that. Even if somebody said one word, they would just say go home because they don't want to deal with that stuff. No, they're, no. Uh, they're volunteering. They're volunteer you know? referees. I mean, they're, they're probably getting paid like 20 bucks a game or something. I don't know. But right. they get, mostly yeah, they get they're volunteering. Lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean they're they're refereeing for what was it like six games a weekend <laughs> or something, so what two times yeah. like a hundred twenty bucks for the day. I mean that's not bad, you know, for cash. But they're mostly little, on their own it's time. It's just something fun. And yeah, they were older, so they didn't want they couldn't like break up a fight even if they wanted to. But yeah, dude, that was I mean even in the games it was intense though like. We were we would shove each other into the boards pretty hard. Like there's a lot of elbowing and and we were tough. I have two checking penalties. Just oh no, I got oh, it. I, th- three and three and um and as of as a senior like in the league. I, I had, three I had some like roughing penalties and whatever. I had a penalty in the the junior league. I was chasing after the ball. The kid was in front of me. I literally just like I literally cross checked him into the wall. He like. Went sideways. Oh, he pulled a little Mark Jurio on him. Dude, I I was Mark going like would full destroy sprint. everybody. He we were going full sprint. I literally cross checked him into the wall, and then I acted like nothing happened. I got the ball, and then they blew the whistle. Like, come on. Right. And so basically, what we're saying, we have a good friend named Mark Jurio from Fairlawn. Mark, if you have time from your Miss Parkinson research job to listen to this, you <laughs> hold <laughs> penalties. You are the king of walking and smiling off the court every time you get a penalty. Mark loved his penalties. And he's the nicest kid in the world. And he would get penalties and just smile and walk. It was hilarious. So I have one penalty story before we move on. Because we do have to move on soon. But my story is is that my dad was watching me in juniors. I was frustrated because, like I told you before from the Blues, we lost and lost and lost and lost. And losing just gets tiring. And I knew we were going to lose. I pushed the kid. I knew I was getting the penalty. I got a penalty for roughing or whatever it was. and Okay, my, Jack Eichel. My dad was like, Jordan, if you ever get a penalty again, I'm taking you off the ice. And in my head, I was like, noted. So I never got a penalty again. One. <laughs> After that, not once. Was, yeah, <laughs> oh, like, no. I love getting my penalties. It, it, it's definitely sometimes, you know, you feel like you just got to get some rage out and, and you get it. And, and you're like, ah. But then you realize if you're a teammate, you're like, why would you do that if it's an important moment in the game? But – that said, we will now yeah. move on to our last thing about. Wait, 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 wait! I have one more thing to say. It'll make oh, me yeah, feel better. Same. Fine, fine, um, fine, fine, fine. Jordan, so the year before senior year, so our junior year, uh, you did a bit better. You had two goals and four assists for six. Yeah, minutes. I, so as you can tell, that was my prime, I guess. So. Um, so I just wanted to put that as a last thought. Thank you, thank you very much. I could forward you all the stats if you want. Maybe later. Maybe later. <laughs> All right. Okay. Sorry. Move on. Go ahead. Well, Matt, do you have something to say? I don't want to. Yeah. Um. I'm w- I'm ready for our big game this this weekend, boys. That's right. Uh, 
essentially, um, for outsiders, um, we're having our, our group called Orange Monkey Large is having a cookout. Matt Travi is hosting a cookout at his house. And before that, we're going to go to the courts, play some street hockey. Hopefully, it's not 90 degrees. Hopefully, we're not sweating like crazy. Hopefully, it is. Dude, I would love it to be 90 degrees. Then we just oh. jump in the pool, take a shower in the pool. Oh, man. Good point. Touche. I can't respond to that. That was, good. that was good. Bath bombs. I can't wait for that. No, we can't. All right. All really Go sick. ahead. Continue. I know you want to continue. Okay. I see no, it in your eyes. Oh, geez. All right. No one else can see it, but okay. So... <laughs> How, so essentially what happened this year was I was at a practice with my alma mater, the Flames, and they were getting ready to play game three of the finals against Matt's alma mater team, the Devils. Oh, that's right. And what happened was obviously we know of COVID-19, and the league commissioner, Rob Leo, decided, eh, you know what, we're not going to risk it. We're going to name both teams co-champions, and I can't tell you one person that's not disappointed from hearing that. That's so, not the worst part, though. The worst part is that they played two games and they were tied. Right. They were going to have – they played on Saturday. They were literally going to play the next day for the championship, and they canceled it. That is the worst feeling in the world, and I'm not even in the league anymore, and I freaking – that was terrible. I felt like garbage, and I said, like, if I was in the league at the time that this happened – I would try to organize just like a almost a pickup game of both teams. And Corey said that they did try to do that, but everyone's like, oh, no, my parents said no, or like, oh, I can't, I have something. So that really sucks. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And uh, that was good context to add there. So my question to you guys is obviously the situation that we're currently in is so unprecedented and unpredictable that having a black and white answer is unreasonable to say the least. So my question is, what do you think – the league maybe should have done or could do to improve themselves to not have a situation like this again? I mean, there's literally nothing they could do. It's not in their hands. Um, the It's a recreational league. So it's not like kids are playing this to get, you know, some kind of scholarship or take into a career. Um, you know, it's, it's not like that. So that street hockey league is going to be like, almost a, like a lowest priority kind of thing. Um, and you can't really have a league if the schools aren't even back yet. And we're not really sure how they're going to deal with the schools. Um, so step one is to, you know, do the whole flattening the curve thing and states need to be not idiots. Um, but you know, step one is, is going to be that. And then step two, I guess you could say is have kids in school without having to wear masks. Um, and on all these crazy protocols. And obviously, even if over the summer, everything kind of calms down and dies down a lot, uh, they're still going to have, you know, the janitors and whoever uh, clean things as much as they can. And, and I don't know, maybe it'll be like a force everyone to wash their hands break or something. I don't know. But uh, in terms of the street hockey league, there's really not much they could do to control anything, obviously. Um, step one is, is getting people in actual schools first. Um, and if that happens, then they could start thinking about a league. But to be honest, I could totally see them not having a league this year. Okay. And same with uh, fall sports and stuff uh, for for high school and whatnot. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, Matt, anything else to add? I don't really have anything more to say than that because, you, yeah, that, that's a really good answer. Yeah, um, I basically agreed with almost everything Gavin said. Um, states like uh, New, like our state, New Jersey, New York, 
when it comes to like flattening the curve, uh, you can like see the data. It's going down most major, most of the days going forward for the past couple of weeks. So that's good. And obviously there are the other states that are just spiking because they open too early and then people just being ignorant. But when it comes to like reopening, well, specifically street hockey, um, they might not do it because of the fear of a second wave uh, experts and everyone else are saying and projecting. But yeah, when it comes to like schools, like people gotta go back to the schools. Like this is, this is extremely hard, especially for um, the public schools because colleges, they can make it a bit easier considering, considering like what they've done. Yeah, but the, for the public, public have... schools harder considering like what they do. Yeah, the colleges have a bit better technology for online classes and stuff because they already offer online classes. So it's a bit easier in that sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Jersey and New York has been doing really well, but we just opened back up. Um, so I think we're going to hit, you know, we're going to get another spike in cases. Um, but the problem is not like even but if... But it probably won't be like a huge spike. Like there'll probably be I like... I hope not. It won't be like Florida where they're yeah. just. Well, the, they the just problem with them. the other states is that they were never really following the protocol to begin with. You know, Jersey went on like complete lockdown, and and Murphy did pretty well. I think I think he's been getting some praise and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I we think he, on, like, I thought he did a complete lockdown. Job, yeah, um, everything shut down except for food food places and stuff. Um, every other state, they are, they were being idiots. Uh, you know, my, uh, Emily, my girlfriend or whatever, um, her, uh, <laughs> I don't know, uh, her aunt and uncle live in Tennessee and they said it was like, basically like nothing was going on there. So if it was like that in Tennessee, it's definitely like that in other states and stuff. So even if New Jersey was perfect and we had zero cases, there's always going to be the outside stuff that that's going to get in, um, but in, in terms of street hockey, I know we're getting off topic. Um, I know, Jordan, you asked what, what could they have done this year. And I think that it wasn't really in their hands. Um, I think that there was not really any right decision, to be honest. Um, if they continued to push forward and had that third game, they, it's definitely a possibility that they're going to receive backlash from all the parents and the kids couldn't have been playing anyway because of the parents um and if they canceled it then yeah everyone's going to be disappointed that they couldn't finish the season um so i don't really think that there was a complete correct answer or solution to that this year um and that goes for for a lot of decisions going on mm -hmm. yeah no um, like like gavin said you know he, he pretty much said what i think any one of us could have said there's nothing more i can really say except rob Leto. it's up to you to see what you do from here but now we will move on to my Wolf Weekly NASCAR update, which, again, I will zoom like they do on the track. And what I mean by that is for the Xfinity Series, the Unhinged 300, a driver named Justin Haley was able to get the job done. The Cup Series in Talladega was supposed to be yesterday. It was moved to today because of rain, and they were able to get it in before rain hit again in Alabama. And the end of this race, I was texted by my source of NASCAR, Chris Cohen, he said it was one of the best finishes he has ever seen. He texted me, holy expletive. He said that 
at the end of the race, and I watched the final two laps via Twitter, Barstool Sports. Thank you for that. So Ryan Blaney, he was in third. He was able to maneuver his way around the first two drivers. I forget who they were. But in the back, there was a whole crash. The front kept on driving on, and then Blaney was caught up to by Eric Jones and two other drivers, all of them who were, like, at pace neck-to-neck with each other to the final line, and they all finished almost at the same exact time, but the NASCAR officials and management decided to give this one to Ryan Blaney. So congrats to him. He does not win very often. So what a win for him and Penske Racing. That's the racing that he is a part of. But now we will move on to a a league I didn't think I was going to talk about this week, and that's the NFL. As the first one, we have some Jets fans in the house, and they won't be happy when I say this as their star player, top two safety in the league, Jamal Adams, has requested a trade out of East Rutherford, New Jersey slash New York. So my question to you guys is I have two destination spots that I think make so much sense in the world for Jamal Adams. But, Matt, you are the resident Jets fan. At least I consider you that. (laughs) Where do you think he's going to go? Or do you think that he's actually going to stay in New York? Hey, man, I'm a Jets Um, fan too. Okay. Good to know. I would love to see him in New York, but the, so he said before the trade deadline in the NFL, he said, I want to stay in New York, but after he said that, the Jets were shopping for him. So he kind of feels a disloyalty with the, with the team, and from that standpoint, I don't blame him. If he were to get traded, the only team that's in my head is Dallas. I, don't, I hate Dallas because I also like the Giants. That's another topic we'll get into on another time. I'm not going to get into it right now, but – I don't know why. It's just Dallas is in my head for Jamal Adams, and I don't know why. Yeah. Um, well, Jamal Adams did put out, like, a tweet, right? Like, he said uh, – someone said something about Dallas. He's like, I got you, bro. I'm trying. Like, that, that oh, was – Oh, I like, actually did big, not see that. That was the big thing. I, he tweeted something about that. Like, he said, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Um, honestly, uh, as, as good of a player as he is, um, if he doesn't want to play for the Jets, then I don't want to see him play for the Jets because – if you don't want to play for a team, you're not going to play to your best potential. Um, it kind of sucks that the Jets did portray him, if that's true. Uh, I don't really know the details on this, uh, but I just know that he does want to be traded. And because of that tweet, I think that Dallas is probably his priority. Um, I don't know if they're going to have cap space or, or whatever to sign him. Um, but it's going to suck to see him go. But it is what it is. Uh, the Jets are going to suck with or without him, so... All right. I, I personally saw some steps going forward for the Jets after what they did in the draft. And their GM, Joe Douglas, is one of their best GMs they've had in a long time. And when you have a player like Jamal Adams, who's not afraid to speak his mind, speak out and request a trade, as a Jets fan, you should be utterly disappointed because that man is the heart and soul of your team. And coaches love to coach him. Teammates love to be teammates with him. But here are two spots that I have in mind for him. And I don't think he's staying with the Jets at this point. I think it's a little bit too unsalvageable at this point. First one, I 1,000% agree with you guys. Dallas, why? He's from Texas. He has Texas roots. He, like you said in the tweet, had a tweet that he said, I'm trying to come to Dallas. Dallas is in need of secondary help. Jerry Jones would welcome this man with open arms to Dallas. He would give give the Jets two first-round picks and maybe an impact player if he wanted to, to go to Dallas. So that's my first location. My second one. You might be a little surprised by this, but I'm going to explain why. Is the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is a that's, team loaded. That's pretty simple. Like, from uh, every single spot on the football field. 
And the one tiny, tiny spot that I think they need improvement on is their safety core. Besides the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, I think we could see an LSU reunion with Tyron Matthew and Jamal Adams in the backfield. Then good luck to the NFL in stopping the Chiefs because you're not going to – I don't see you winning. You have to be on your A++ game to be able to hang with that team. So, he, to me, he either goes to the Cowboys. He either goes to the Chiefs. He does not stay in New York. He, that relationship is ruined. And this, again, goes back to the Johnson family, just like the Wilpon family. They don't give a lot of money all the time to a lot of players. The one time they did extend someone was Mr. Revis Island, Darrell Revis. Besides that, they are very frugal with their money. And once again, I think it's going to hurt them. But now we'll move on. Once again, speaking of Dallas, Dak Prescott, their quarterback. Oh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, get that name out of here. The running back, Dak Prescott. Yep. Oh, yeah. If he in this gap, everybody's hating on Dak. Signs a $31.7 million franchise tender. So he is locked in for 2020. But as for an extension for past 2020, there is no progress there yet. So tell me what you guys think about this and what maybe looms for him for the future. And then I will. Um, well, I have some, not insight, but I get a lot of my news about Dallas from uh, my coworker, Ryan. He's the Frisbee guy. Okay. Um, <laughs> he's a Dallas fan. He loves Dak. He's like, oh, I, I don't know what anyone's talking about. Dak was top five in all the categories, blah, blah, blah. And I don't follow the NFL enough to even know all the stats and stuff. But I do know is that every time I watch Dak, he looks like garbage. Um, but that's just the eye test. I don't know anything else. But anyway, um, I think that because he signed the franchise tag, um, I know he wanted four years um, or – uh, I forgot the details. I think he wanted um, four years. So then after the four years, he could sign this ginormous contract um, to complete his career. And Dallas wanted to sign him for five years because then at, at the end of the fifth year, they could probably make some BS up to not sign some kind of big contract or something. I don't know. But I think that they reached an agreement on Dak's terms. Otherwise, I don't know if he would have signed it. Mm, interesting. Matt, what do you got? Um, not really, don't really know about much about like the football and Dak and his contract. All he knows is that he's a better runner than he is thrower. He dribbled the the football during a game once and he wants a, a buttload of money to give his mom a car or something. And he needs like 50 million for that. Apparently Ooh. bro, he needs 50 million to buy his mom a car. It's, it's, he needs, the, he needs a. He wanted to do something for his mom, which obviously a lot of respect, but he doesn't need fifty million to do it. Uh, I don't know anything about that. Uh, it's probably for a good cause, though. I'm not going to get into that. Okay, so this is what I will say: Dak Prescott, Gavin. I'm not going to go as far to say that he's garbage, but I'm not going to say he's amazing either. He listen. Is... I didn't say he's garbage. I said every time I watch him play, he looks like garbage. Interesting. Mm, okay. I'm going to say when Dak Prescott is at his best, he is average to slightly above average in that tier. He can, he can do some things. And I think he is the perfect quarterback for this offense. For Dallas, coming from a journalistic perspective, not a fan perspective, it was a really good move for them to get him on the football field because he is the glue that holds that offense together. If you get another quarterback out there, I don't know if they would perform the same as Prescott does. So they needed him on the field, him, Zeke, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper – 
Um, I think their tight end is uh, Blake Jarwin, who always for some reason performs amazing against the Giants, but no other. They team. brought back that old dude. What's his no, name? No, Jason Witten is on the loss. Jason Witten. Now. He signed a one-year deal. For He's still reason. on the roster? No, he is on the Raiders. He signed the deal. Oh, he's on the Raiders. Okay. For some reason. The <laughs> that was so funny. He he admitted that he sucked at announcing, so then he wanted to go back to play, and then they signed him. Yeah, and he didn't do much, too much better at this point. Um, but he's a legendary tight end for sure. But th- at this point, no, he didn't do too much better. But He was good in fantasy. He got like about 10 points a game average. Did he? I, that's very surprising. But I think so. All thing, right, continue. What I'm saying with Dak is uh, the Dallas it was a good move. And we it will be interesting to see what Jerry Jones does. Really, he likes spending that money. He is not afraid to spend, and he is not afraid to bring in guys that are troublemakers. And Dak Prescott is the furthest thing from that. He is a team role model, leader, and we will see what Jerry Jones feels about him. The th- problem is, is on the field with Dak Prescott. How Jerry Jones feels about him on the field, off the field, really good character guy. So from that, I think that's all that needs to be said. And I will zoom through these last two news nuggets really quick is that Josh Gordon is going, is applying once again for reinstatement with all the problems that he's had. Roger Goodell (laughs) always seems to give him a chance after chance, after chance. I wouldn't be surprised if Roger Goodell gives him another chance again, because when he's on that football field and when he's controlled from not getting in his own way, he is very productive and hard knocks, a show that I love to watch when the month of August comes around. We'll now be moving to L.A. and we'll be featuring the Rams and the Chargers, two teams I'm very surprised about because they're good teams and usually Hard Knocks features really bad teams. So we will see. Maybe it's because of the new stadium they're building called SoFi Stadium for the Rams. So we'll see what happens with that. But now we'll move on to a topic that Matt and Gavin and I, I think we all can say are really into, but for them, they're generally into this, me not as much. But we're going to talk about our favorite sports video games because we're all sports junkies at some point i of course am the biggest sport one of the biggest sports junkies in our group and and obsessed with it it is the center of my life so i will talk about my favorite sports video games first and yes it comes from a skewed perspective because i have an xbox 360 yes bravo jordan didn't get a new console okay it's okay so this is my list favorites and this is what we will how i will go I go number one, NHL 13, because I love to play, a lot of fun. Sometimes it loses the computer. That just shows you how um, below average I can be at this game, but that's okay. Second, MLB The Show, PS Vita. Yes, I used to have a PS Vita back in the day, and I'd play it in Florida. My grandparents' grand house, oh, my grandparents' Floridian house, excuse me, and would just play and play and have a ball with it. This one is a classic, I consider, and that is Wii Sports. And maybe we can dive yeah. into Yeah. Oh, man. I love it. Then I go Madden 25, Madden 17, MLB 2K13. Once again, I had that for the Xbox, and I really enjoyed playing that, actually. It was a decent game to play for the Xbox. And then all the 2Ks. So I divided my own list. Matt and Gavin, you guys can go and tell me what video games really stick out to you. Um, Matt, you could go first. Okay. Um, first, I'll start off with, Wii Sports, I see a classic. Uh, yeah, not much to say. It's a classic. It's a great game. Uh, Mario Sluggers, I'd go second. Ooh. That is also a very good game. Enjoyed it a lot. Um, what are we counting with Mario Kart? Come on, like, 
It's a racing game. It, Are we counting it as a sport? Uh, sure, why not? Mario Kart, obviously top tier. <laughs> <laughs> um, NHL, um, basically any any NHL, except for NHL 15. That game is garbage. But I enjoy that NHL games. Obviously, being a huge hockey fan, I am. Um, NCAA uh, Football 12, you know, the GOAT. And that's pretty much it for me. Maybe a Madden here and there when I'm not playing with Petrie because bleep him. I'm not, I'm not going to curse, but uh, bleep him when I play him in, in Madden. He yeah, sucks. Yeah, reaction a lot. Don't worry, Matt. You're not the only one. Yeah. Petrie, if you're watching this, I'm not going to say it. I hope you bleep. 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 Uh, Gavin? Um... So I actually forgot that this was going to be a topic, so I got really excited. Uh, I'm um, my to not tell you that it was a topic. I'm no, no, I literally have your, your like, sheet open. I just forgot. Oh, very um, nice. So I don't have too much experience with, like, the real-life simulation sports games. Uh, I've really only played the semi-modern, you know, Madden, NHL, NBA 2K. Um, I think I played FIFA once. Um, but in terms of my favorites, um, I really like playing Madden with you guys. Uh, it's just fun. And I got my tree play, oh, uh, <laughs> the trio, whatever. I don't know. With that is basically Gavin, all he does is call Hail Marys. And then when people actually try to, when people actually try to cover it and call up huge zone defense, he just runs with the quarterback for a first yeah. down every time. It works so well. Um, so that's fun. Um, I like. I actually I prefer playing uh, NHL. Um, I just prefer the controls and just the game flow and all that stuff. Um, I hate MLB The Show. I think it's so dumb. Um, just controls and whatever. And it's it's I just don't like it. It's not me. Um, FIFA I don't care about. I don't have any opinion on that. Um, but in terms of my favorites. Uh, I would probably say Wii Sports is the best, like, nostalgia factor because of so many memories um, of us playing together, or even by myself, um, I played a lot. Uh, and that's obviously a classic. Uh, over 100 million copies are out there. Um, my second, or tied, is definitely, what Matt said, Super Mario Sluggers. Um, there's so yeah. much replay value in that game. And there's like a bunch of mini games and stuff, but you could do so many things with that game and have so many different team compositions with chemistry and, and all that stuff. It's, it's so fun. And it's like very minimally like buggy and stuff. So it's pretty fluid gameplay. Um, I loved Super Mario Strikers, which is like the soccer version. Oh, I forgot about that game. Dude, that is – it's such That's a, a great game. game. It's so intense. You could score in so many different ways. And same thing, you could build your team composition pretty diversely. Um, I kicked a lot of butt in that game. Um, so that's super fun. Uh, I think that there probably was something else, but I forgot. Uh, I liked playing the original Nintendo hockey game i don't know the exact name but it's literally just 2d hockey it's a 4v4 oh yeah the one you have it on your switch right yeah on the, on the nintendo classic uh yeah, collection. that's fun i think that's fun with just friends because it's so simple and it goes by pretty quick so you could just have like a mini tournament i guess um so that's really fun but yeah my favorites are definitely wii sports uh super mario sluggers and super mario strikers mario and uh, sonic at the, the olympic games 
Ooh, actually, that's another one. That game. Bringing that back. We are bringing that back. Yeah. yeah. I barely played that, but yeah, those are fun. Uh, you know, you know, I love my video games and stuff. Uh, you do. And I'm so, if you could bring sports into games and have me like it, then uh, it's impressive. I'm I'm a happy guy. That's right. Uh, super That's fun, great game. memories. I still have that picture of me beating you, Jordan. Uh, I think it was like 28 to nothing or something in Sluggers. <laughs> um, very sad times for you. Uh, I could probably dig up the picture that I took, but um, yeah. yeah. That's that. that moment. Everybody, yep, we get me in my saddest moments. We, we, we take advantage. Hooray. Gavin, <laughs> Gavin. I think I beat you like 28 or maybe it was 31 to nothing, but it was only like a five-inning game or something. So. Yeah, I, I got my behind kicked. So <laughs> oh, that was that was fun. But, yeah, I'm going to leave the video game talk for Mr. Game Boys. He does a really good job with that every week, a podcast that Matt just appeared on. You can check that yeah, out. Yeah, check it out. Every weekend. Gabe, I hope you're listening to this. I hope you're doing well. I hope you are being as fly as you are. And Gabe, I'm disappointed that you didn't ask me to join this weekend. Yeah, um, we do. Thanks. Man. I'll ask you this week. I'll have him ask you about uh about the new Smash release and all that. Um, I could do Friday. Oh, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> all right. So we will now move into the last segment of this podcast, and that is a what I've been told by others is a mainstay uh, segment on the podcast called rattle my cage and i have now been doing some variations of rattle my cage is essentially supposed to be a miscellaneous topic that i'm into that the viewers aren't last week it was basically me calling out some bs and saying i hope your cage is rattled this week we're gonna go even further with that and we're gonna do something new called the dens daggers so i will let matt or gavin go first and whatever they have on their mind they're going to throw a dense dagger, and they're going to rattle that cage. Let's go. Um, Jordan, you go first. We, we want to we follow by your yeah, example. I, I want to see how you do this. I'm going to yeah. talk about something a little bit more serious that you guys want to talk about, and it's going to be the news from NASCAR from Bubba Wallace. And yeah, I could do that. I want to rattle this person's cage and throw my dagger and say, how dare you during this time of change and hope and uplift that you do something this heinous and this unfathomable act like this and really just get under the skin of so many people. That's obviously what you were trying to accomplish. And I am so proud of NASCAR and all the drivers for coming together, rallying, saying, no, this is not okay. And before the race today, all walking down that pit road together behind Bubba Wallace, Bubba Wallace taking a selfie of everyone in NASCAR behind him. And that just shows you, that I think we are really in a state of change. And we're, whether we're seeing statues from sports being removed that re- represent views that aren't so lovely and, and things of that nature. I'm, I'm really proud that NASCAR did that. And for the person who did the noose, shame on you. But I also got this notification from ESPN 18 minutes ago that says a piece of twine that was tied into what appeared to be a noose was found on the Sonoma racetrack property on saturday according to the tracks president so awful stuff shame on you but really proud of nascar for sticking together and doing something like that so this guy i hope your cage is rattled and i threw my dense dagger who's next oh man that really rattled my cage this that's cool i like this i like this this could be like very intense if you want it to be Uh, um yeah i'll just throw in a quick uh opinion um, yeah, you, you're pretty right. I mean, this this guy 
whoever did this girl, whoever, I don't know. They just want that like uh, attention. You know, they're probably sitting, you know, waiting for this kind of news to pop up. They see it and go, Oh, look what I did. You know, they just get, they, they get the thrill off that it sucks. Um, it's good to see. I've been hearing a lot of good things about NASCAR. So I think that's really cool that they're all sticking together and they seem to be having a, a good time being united and stuff. Um, I think Bubba Wallace um, will, you know, continue to stay strong and it sucks that he has to go through that. Um, and obviously it's not just him going through that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the world like that. Uh, but yeah, dude, it's crazy that it broke news like that. Um, but I think that uh, it'll make people a bit closer and uh, we should turn this into a positive thing for sure. and, uh, and be united. That was yeah, pretty- that was beautifully said. Is that your, is that your, um, Den's uh, that's just my opinion on that. My, my Den's dagger is that, uh, it's nothing exciting. Um, because I feel like there's a piece of news, but I don't remember it. But, um, if nobody knows Twitter added a new feature that you could <laughs> post audio files without a video and they're longer because I know that there's a one minute limit on video or two minutes, uh, on Twitter. Um, but you, the audio file is longer than that, and I think that's great because a lot of people are camera shy or they don't have the equipment, and they could just record something, and it'll be really good for uh, people with quick opinions or if, you know, like somebody like singing or just whatever you could think of. Uh, I think it's really cool to have, and uh, a lot of talk is that it's going to be just one of those trendy things, and you're going to see it pop up everywhere, and then it's going to go away. But I think that it's a great utility to have, and Twitter did a good job adding that, and I think it's cool, and it throws a nice mix into the social media platform, um, and it's especially good. I don't know the limit on the audio files, but Jordan, this is good for for you because if you want to take the time, you could literally take clips of your podcast and just throw it out there without the video. You know, you could say, hey, guys, check this out. Just a a short little clip of our podcast. Uh, You might want to check out the full episode and you clip the best part or one of the best parts and boom, it's posted. No video. Don't have to worry about it. So I think it has a great utility value. Um, And I think that's cool. Wow. No, thank you, man. I I really should take the time to do that in the future. So Twitter, that was Gavin's Den's dagger, and I hope your cage is rattled. That's the dagger. The Twitter really rattled my cage, bro. Yeah. yeah. Matt, what is your den dagger and will it rattle the cage? Um, I don't see I have too many different things in my head. I don't know what, what which one specifically to say. Bro, just throw in a monkey wrench. Then we will move on to Wolf Free Time where I will ask one thing and then we will wrap the podcast up. That's what we're gonna do. Okay, so I guess my Den's Dagger will be, obviously, um, I've said it many times on this podcast, I'm a huge hockey fan. The NHL came out with some of their finalists for the awards. One of them, or the main one for a lot of people, is the Hart Trophy winner, which is the league's most valuable player. And the person who's probably going to win it is none other than Leon Dreisaitl, scored over 100 points 107 something like that I don't know something insanely high very very good season of course but he is not deserving of this heart trophy and that is where I throw my dagger he is not deserving of this trophy he's in the ranging 20s of goals above replacement whereas people are as players like Artemi Panarin 
is well more deserving of this of this award than him or who the other finalists or David Pasternak, who had obviously a great goal scoring season, but in the world where advanced stats live and you have these quote unquote experts judging them based off of points instead of looking at the stats that really show their val that show a player's values and impact on the team. It's kind of disappointing considering someone who probably does not know more than obviously a statistician or a person who works in this, but knows more to look at the stats and say, Hey, this person is b- better than this player. It's kind of like eye opening because I could easily say this, p- this player is more deserving because I look at the, the stats itself, but that's, Hopefully, I rattled some people's cages, and I don't know. I'm not – hopefully. Yeah. I'm not going to get oh, added on Twitter. pretty rattled, man. Wow. Yeah. I rattled my own the cage race, there. The race for uh, for trophies and, and winning stuff is always intense. Wow. It's always going to be a fierce competition, and there's always going to be opinions flying everywhere and statistics. It's very crazy. It, it, he's right. Uh, well said. And I guess the Oilers, Leon Dreitzel, that was Matt's den's dagger. I guess I hope your cage is rattled. That was more of a hot take. We will take it. Here we go. You'll now, I love hot takes. You'll now <laughs> to one last question I have. We're going to shoot this off really quick. It will be called Wolf Free Time. I know I was kind of made fun about it by Jonathan Banks on the Healthy Scratches episode. But since today was – the high school graduation for Fairlawn High School. And since it's kind of bringing me back and, and reminiscing is a really cool thing to do during times like this. I want all of us to go around and just talk about one moment that stood out to us during our four years during FLHS. Then I will get into my outro and we will end what has been an awesome episode six. So whoever wants the floor, the floor is yours. Right, I blanked out for a second. What was the question? The question, uh, one of our favorite moments from high, from FLHS, what moment stands out to you? And then we will go to the outro, and then we will end the awesome episode six. And whoever's floor it is, the floor is yours. One of our favorite moments from Fairlawn High School. Oh, man, that's that's tough. Um, I could think of something um, that's not – it's it's a good wholesome – not wholesome, I don't know. But it's a, it's a good moment that – and it represents that the small things in high school made a big difference. In sophomore year of high school, somebody had a program that when you opened it, it would constantly open and close the disk drive, and you couldn't fix it until you turn off the computer. So someone ran the program and all the computers, so all the disk drives were just open and closing constantly, um, and it was funny. And I think the small things like that is what helped us get through high school. Um, and so that's that's something funny, and I can't really think of anything else off the top of my head because I'm sure there's a lot of moments. Um, there's a lot of cool moments and a lot of crappy moments in high school, and it's always going to be like that, um, but I think that's fun. Okay. Good. All right. You heard it from me, Gavin. So, Matt? Um, this one's kind of personal. Well, not really personal, but it's like, I don't know, kind of personal, I guess. So it would probably – be the greatest decision I ever made in my life and that was to join spring track and when I did that I met a bunch of our other friends who introduced me to what would eventually be you two and the rest of our friend group and joining spring track freshman year 
and having the opportunity and pleasure to be friends with you guys in the group has been such a huge honor. Honestly, like, I don't know where I'd be without you guys. Is that where it all started? Yeah, because obviously I I met, like, me and Gavin, we were on the same Shiragi team in middle school, but we went to different middle schools. And I met some of you guys along the way, but to know that you were all part of the same friend group and that I get to be a part of that, it means a lot to me. Yeah, um, I like that. That's cool. I didn't know it started like that. Wow. Yeah, it started. Like, I didn't um, know it was directly through track like that. Yeah, because I was friends with Mark Rajenkin, who was friends with Ron, who was friends with Hirsch, and then Ron invited me to Hirsch's surprise party. And then oh, that's when, every, <laughs> and that's when everything <laughs> opened up. Oh, that's where it all began. Yep. Dude, we had like three years in a row where we tried to do a surprise <laughs> birthday party. Oh, my God. You, Michael Hirschhaft, the forces, if you're listening to this, always compel people to throw some parties for you. And I know how much you appreciate that. And, Matt, that was really touching me. I don't know how I'm going to follow that up, but I'm going to try. And as my favorite moment of high school is pretty general, but it is our senior Virginia trip. And Oh, yeah. What I'm going to say about that is – Oh, I forgot all about that already. (laughs) senior grade got to go to Virginia for six days with a bunch of teachers and just hang out and everyone being friends and social and happy and going on cruises and staying in hotels, even if we have to share beds, which I find kind of gross. But it was – so much fun and throw stereotypes out the window because whether you were nerdy or you can see yourself a sports junkie like me, everyone talked to each other. Everyone had a great time. Everyone really enjoyed the trip. Everyone, it was worth the price of admission. That was my favorite moment. That sticks out as dang, like that was our last time as a grade that we got to spend time together. And luckily enough for us, our group stays connected and we still see each other a lot. And, Usually when you leave high school, you don't know if you're going to see the same people that you've known for so long in high school because life takes you in so many different damn directions. But our group luckily was able to stay connected and you guys helped me stay grounded. So for that, I say thank you. That was my favorite moment. Now that will lead me to my outro in which thank you guys for being on the show. Thank you for listening to episode six of the Wolf's Den podcast. Please be sure to follow me at Wolf on 26 for general stuff at the Wolf's Den one on Twitter for maybe clips in the future. Like Gavin said, and weekly episode releases at Wolf 26 on Instagram at peel six on Snapchat, Matt. Now will be the time to divulge your socials. All right. Word. So, all right, guys hit up my Instagram at, oh, hold on. I'm going on right now. Cause I don't know my Instagram at M dot 24. That's my Instagram. My Snapchat is at m.travs, just that. I didn't make my Snapchat. Someone else did. <laughs> and um, I don't use Twitter, but you can hit up my twin- Twitter. Oh, also hit up my LinkedIn. Uh, I think I put it as Matthew. LinkedIn. Get that out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no, hit up, I need my connections, guys. I need okay. hit up my connections at Matthew Travia. I have nothing written down because I don't know how to use this thing yet. But, <laughs> yeah. I, I got social. some social media. Yeah, this the time to divulge your socials. Um, I got a Twitter. I don't really use it. But if, if somebody that we don't know is actually listening to this podcast, because I don't know how out there it is. Me either. Um, it's, it's at Bacon Steak To Go, and the two is a number two. 
Um, and if you actually follow me on Twitter, you have to DM me. Um, that's the rule because uh, that would be so crazy if, if that happens. Um, and you could uh, keep an eye out on YouTube under the same name, Bacon Steak to Go, uh, because I might be uh, recording some gameplay for certain games and uh, it'll be a for fun thing. Um, I don't know anything about that. But uh, there's a breaking news. Um, as of five minutes ago, ESPN said that the MLB Players Association is expected to vote yes on that July 1st report date. Wow. Uh, for, and, and have the 60-game season. And that was five minutes ago as of um, Jeff Passan. So we're having a 60-game season, no playoffs? All it says is that um, the Players Association is expected to vote yes on the July 1st report date, um, and they need to go through like the health and safety protocols um, and lock in a 60-game season. And I assume that includes whatever playoffs that they were talking about. Okay. Um, um, but that's all it says. I didn't look into it. We'll see. We'll see. We're going to get more details throughout the week, I'm sure. But that's completely okay. Thank you for mentioning that, Gavin. That's really important. Now, I will th- – once again, even though in New Jersey, every day we continue to go back to normal life and go out regularly as before this, yes, I went into a pool and had a blast. Um, and other states, unfortunately, that's not the case. The virus continues to go up. So for that, I say thank you to all those nurses who are on the front lines, going into these hospitals, battling this with the utmost class. I wish our country was more prepared. I wish we had a, a equipped testing plan, but we do not. These nurses are trying, you're busting their ass. And for that, I will continuously say thank you. And that is that episode six finito. I will see you guys next week for episode seven. Once again, thank you to Matthew Travi and Gavin Rempel for joining me this week on episode six of the Wolf's Den podcast. See you so long. Peace out. Girl Scout. Booyah.